Hey out there to all people, and unhinged exterminators, this is Up All Night, a horror anthology podcast. I'm Brandon, and with me is the guy that plays whack-a-mole with a shovel, Cortland. How are you doing, Cortland? Oh my gosh, Brandon. I, you know that I just joined Shovel Food, man? Look at the shovel in it. It's my favorite character of my life. Shovel? What? I, whatever. <laughs> Never mind, Brandon. Cut. <laughs> no. No, it's fine. How are you doing, Cortland? I'm doing good, Brandon. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing fine. All right, cool. But enough about you. Yeah, well, we're <laughs> because... boring. Next. <laughs> what What have you done this week? Nothing? Okay, yep. moving on. <laughs> Today, we actually have a special guest. From the Just the Zoo of Us podcast, we have Ellen. How are you doing, Ellen? Hey, y'all. I'm doing great. It's so nice to talk to y'all. How y'all doing today? Doing so good. Hi, Ellen. We're good. I am really excited to talk to y'all because we have been buddies going way back a couple of years yeah. <laughs> since our beginning. So it's really exciting to get to actually like talk talk to y'all. I'm I I'm yeah. really excited. Um, we used to connect in uh, a Discord server that I, I promoted on the show back in like season two, I think, or something. And uh, it's super super fun to connect with you. I've been listening to your show i used to listen in when i worked at a factory setting job and um yeah you kept me company while i was running my mm. machines talking about manatees and bats and stuff <laughs> it was awesome i'm so glad to hear that i i hope that our critter friends were, were good company so good so good yeah yeah and it's just one of the best podcast names out there oh, right isn't it it's so good. I have it really to is. say, I okay, so when we first started the podcast, the title was one of the last things that we, like, figured out, um, and the first episode, we didn't have a title, <laughs> and I had, I spent, not a joke, months trying to come up with a good title. Mm. I had, like, a list of possible titles. I was, like, Googling to make sure nobody had <laughs> used the names I was coming up with already. I had, like, a spreadsheet ranking how much I liked <laughs> my different name candidates. It was, but, like, none of them were really, like, super landing. Um, They all just felt like, you know, eh, fine. There wasn't anything that was, like, screaming at me, this is it. And I had been racking my brain for months trying to think of a title. And then one day we were just sitting in the car and my husband, Christian, out of absolutely nowhere, he was just driving and he goes, ah, just the zoo of us. <laughs> and I was like, I, love I was like, you're kidding. That's amazing. <laughs> I was so mad. I was like, it just struck you. You asshole. I was so mad. <laughs> What other names did you have in like the the books? Nothing good. Um, <laughs> I had <laughs> I had an idea that was like critter critique. Oh, I didn't fancy. like that. I don't like the word. I don't love the word critter. Like I don't know to to use as like a general term. So I I wasn't super into that. I had like zoo out of ten. Oh, that's kind of that cute. I thought was okay. okay. That was like my top Not contender. Bad. But then I asked my friend what she thought about it, and she was like, "Oh, that kind of sounds like you're saying that the podcast is a two out of ten, and it's not going to be very good." And I was like, "Dang, you're right." Oh. <laughs> so talked me out of that. Those are the only two I remember. But when he said just the zoo of us, I was like, "Damn, that is it, though." Yeah. <laughs> that's such a good name that if like when I hear it, I'm like, "Oh." They must have had that name first, and then yeah, like right, worked too. backwards. Like, what? What could this podcast be about? Or like, what? Could, we got to do something with this title. Well, you know what? <laughs> Since then, I've like 
seen on Instagram because sometimes like people will tag us or something and I'll look mm-hmm. back through like our hashtag and it seems to be a popular wedding hashtag for oh. people that have weddings at zoos. Like when people have like weddings and bachelor parties. Yes, it is. Actually, (laughs) we considered, we strongly considered having our wedding at at the Jacksonville Zoo, Um, but we didn't do it because they wouldn't allow alcohol in. (laughs) Well, I didn't do it because they didn't allow alcohol. So I was like, oh, yeah, fuck that. (laughs) (laughs) It's apparently a common wedding hashtag. So I was like, oh, okay, I guess it makes sense. It's so good. I'm not going to sue them about it. (laughs) You could, though. (laughs) I could. No, I love I love your podcast name. You know, our podcast, we we took a long time to figure out our name too, and we decided to go with something outrageous that nobody would ever think of. So we did Private Island Presents up all night. <laughs> Originally we were an Are You Afraid That Art I'm podcast. I'm still not sold on it. I know, right? Me neither, man. It's hard. <laughs> it's really difficult to sell a podcast when nobody would have any idea what we could possibly be talking about. So we changed it kind of to Up All Night and Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast, and then we finished Are You Afraid of the Dark, so now we're just a horror anthology podcast, so that we are we can do whatever the fuck we want to do. I gotta say, Up All Night really captures that experience of like being a kid at a sleepover watching scary movies with your friends, yeah. and then like, it's, oh no, that movie was too scary, now you can't sleep. I feel like that like it evokes that feeling. That happened to me once. It was Poltergeist 3 of all movies. I feel ashamed about it. Wow. Don't worry. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that maybe someday. <laughs> <laughs> all right, maybe we should start talking about some goosebumps, guys. What do you think? Yeah, we can start talking about some goosebumps. We've got we've got quite an episode today. Today we are talking about awesome ants. And Ellen, I'm going to ask you first. What did you think of this episode? Okay. So full disclosure, this is my first time in my whole life. I'm 27 years old. <laughs> This is my first time in my whole life ever watching Goosebumps. Oh my god, what an episode um, to start with. <laughs> yeah, so I one. don't know. I don't know if this is like the vibe you can typically expect from a Goosebumps episode. Hmm. My understanding of just like having grown up, you know, in the late 90s, early 2000s, I, I think this is about par for the course. Um, I read a Goosebumps book one time, but Ooh, like... Which one did you read? I, you know, honestly, I don't remember because... That's okay, there's probably aliens in it. It's whatever. <laughs> it was like a there's choose thousands your own... Of them. Are they all choose your own adventure books? No. No, those there's a series. Yeah, a it was... series The one that I read was a choose your own adventure book, but I had never read a choose your own adventure book, and I was only five, so I didn't <laughs> understand how to read the book, and I just read it as a straight shot. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. Like, read it straight <laughs> through. Amazing. So as you can imagine, the whole book, I'm sitting here constantly like, what the hell? Like, what are you talking about? I was so you died in the last chapter. Yes, I was constantly (laughs) flipping back and being like, What? Like, I thought, Am I misunderstood? I thought I was having a stroke. Like, I was just completely like doubting my literacy at that point. So, uh, I have very limited goosebumps experience. So, I didn't have that same like nostalgia factor that I think a lot of people probably come to goosebumps for, but Mm -hmm. it has such the exact feel of like late 90s tv Mm, that it still it still did feel nostalgic even though it was something i'd never seen before because they had like the dramatic pov camera angles and the god awful cgi (laughs) and the like wacky over-the-top acting that is very much like 90s kids tv that i was like gosh i 
feel like I've seen this, even though I know for a fact I haven't. <laughs> um, I also, just to say like what I thought of the episode in general, I was not in, I was not into it until the last like three minutes. Yeah. And the typical. last like three mm-hmm. minutes, I was like, hell yeah, this rules. But like <laughs> up until then, I was like, what? this is nothing. <laughs> I actually, pretty much. I really agree with you. The thing about this episode, like, I was watching it, and this kind of happens sometimes with these episodes where I'm like, this is taking forever. This was the longest fucking episode I've ever watched. It's a slow burn. <laughs> yes. Very so, slow burn. <laughs> I was watching it last night with uh, my wife, with Kim, and she turned to me and she's like, is this a two-parter? And I was like, I don't think so, <laughs> but nothing's happening, yeah. so maybe? It's really paced like a two-parter where nothing happens, like, throughout most of the episode. It's a very slow build. Yeah, the whole time you're like, where is this going? And I kind of felt like I knew exactly where I was going. And then right. I, like, I felt like I knew exactly where it was going. And then it didn't go there. And I was really confused. But then the ending was so much better than what I thought it was going to oh, yeah. be. Yeah, <laughs> I, I actually like, quite yes! like the ending, too. Yeah, I thought yeah, it, it was, uh, yeah, you had to sit through some of the bullshit. And then once you get to the ending, you're like, all right, that's cool. That's yeah, I was very into it by the end. And and typically, I don't know how early on in the episode you want to spoil the ending. Um, this is like we can't <laughs> spoil things too. Somebody might not have actually seen this episode, right? So we got to pretend like right <laughs> nobody's seen it. <laughs> yeah, as um, if we're reviewing like the latest episode of I don't know Better Call Saul. We'll go with that one. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I only watch '90s shows here, Ellen. <laughs> The, I mean, just the end of the episode, it is a style of ending that I don't usually like, but I feel like they pulled it off in a really cool way. Yeah, I agree. Okay, well, I'll say, because you haven't seen any other Goosebumps, (laughs) tonally, this episode is kind of, it's kind of weird for a Goosebumps episode, but the ending... The ending is fucking Goosebumps all the way. (laughs) I got that vibe. I was like, this seems like a Goosebumps thing. (laughs) Yes. Just to like kind of relate here. This does have a 6.5 on IMDb. This episode in particular. So that's not bad. I don't think this is one that people are like wanting to watch over and over again. But I don't think it's quite as bad as, for example, Go Eat Worms. You know, the other (laughs) episode we could have you on for. (laughs) No, I think it's got a lot in common with Go Eat Worms. But uh it's a lot better, I don't I like eating worms as a concept, so I'm glad I didn't have to watch that one. <laughs> From my understanding, I think somebody told me this, in the book of Go Eat Worms, nobody even eats a worm, so... Ugh, false advertising. Yeah, it's Haunted Mask where there's worm eating. Yeah, well, you know... You know what? Okay, stop. We can't talk about Go Eat Worms anymore. We're going to get into this okay. loop. We can't do it. <laughs> we my can just talk about all the other Goosebumps episodes, so <laughs> let's, let's just... Start from the top talking about awesome ants. Okay, all right, let's do it. Okay, so the episode begins at a little shop called Aunt Deb's Ice Cream. 90s music plays as we go inside, and an ant is crawling on a counter, and a large man in an apron smashes it with his thumb. I gotta say, Brandon, it's not just any 90s music. It's the same sweet, jammy music that we got from Perfect School. Is it the exact same music? Might be a little bit different, but it's pretty much the same. (laughs) It's that 90s generic... Generic 90s music playing in the background. Oh, yeah. And it probably is right now. (laughs) They did that, like, um, POV shot that I so strongly associate with 90s, like, film and TV, where, like, 
Mm-hmm. It's like a very, very bizarre camera angle meant to like evoke a, the perspective of something very unexpected. Like I feel like they were doing that a ton in the nineties, yeah. right? Where you get like the POV shot where like as though the camera is from the perspective of the ant. There's like this sort of almost fisheye shot mm-hmm. of like the guy putting his thumb on the ant. And for a second, I thought to myself, I was like, "Am I supposed to be on the ant's side? Because I'm kind of <laughs> on the ant's side right now." I'm like, "This is kind of like making the ant up to be like you know some oppressed." you know like victim at this point i'm like that ant was minding his own business and this ice cream dude just like smashed him with his thumb i kind of <laughs> i was kind of like pro ant at this point in the episode <laughs> i oh you know what i was pro ant the full episode <laughs> <laughs> i was pro ant the whole episode I, the whole episode i was watching i was like the ants are right <laughs> i mean yeah they're just trying to live their best lives i know at no point were the ants the villain of the episode <laughs> look i like ice cream too so i'm on the ant side right here um yeah one of the fun things about doing this show is just to see all of, like the fun camera tricks and things like you can tell that they're inspired by old horror movies and things and you can see that in the work that they do and in my opinion it's one of the most fun parts about doing this show that's the thing is like i've never gotten into horror as a genre because i'm a huge wuss um and i i startle very easily and especially as a kid like as a kid uh i one time my mom took me to see the wizard of oz (laughs) and i started to get really scared when the witch was flying around with the monkeys uh and i said mom I, i was like five and i was like mom i need to leave it's too scary and she was like no you're fine it's not scary it's the wizard of oz promise (laughs) this is a classic you need to watch it and there was one part where like the witch is on top of a roof and she throws fire down at the people and i got up and ran out of the theater screaming um (laughs) because she wouldn't take me out so i was like i'm taking matters in my own hands uh so the wizard of oz was too scary for me as a kid so i never got into horror stuff really uh, and so watching it now as an adult, especially something like this that is, you know, geared towards a young audience. So it's not so scary, but it definitely still has some scary like energy to it. Oh, yeah. I kind of I feel like I'm seeing the appeal of like, like you said, it's just fun. It like is. there's really fun mm-hmm. camera angles and there's like interesting concepts and like there's things that you don't see in other media that takes itself more seriously i guess so i i thought it was like it was still fun to watch because i was like there's some there's some campy stuff going on here oh there is absolutely um we do watch parties on wednesday nights on instagram and my son is with me and he watches the episodes along with me and he loves it (laughs) so yeah it's kind of it's just it's the perfect introduction to horror it's not too scary and it's it's just fun and they yeah. don't they don't care about all the camera work and stuff, but that's what we're here for. That's why we're thirty three year old men reviewing <laughs> children's television. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was cool. I thought it was fun to watch. Perfect. Two boys walk up to the counter to order, and one of them asks for a hot fudge sundae. The other asks for a cone of pink bubblegum surprise. The first boy, named Ben, tells the second boy, Dave, that he always goes for the sick flavors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sick meaning cool, you know. Radical. Yeah, I do that too. I'm I, not I, like not sickly, much of a vanilla kind sickly, of guy. disgusting. What kind of a uh, what kind of ice cream do you like to get, Ellen? Are you a vanilla or are you like adventurous? Honestly, uh, so, so I'm not usually crazy with the the flavor as the like the base flavor, but I do love a good mix in. Like Same anything now. that has like good mix ins into it is like if it has some sort of like cookie mix in component, I'm there. So I'm usually 100%. there for like a 
like a cookie dough, like uh, anything that has like, um, I've had ice cream that has like cheesecake chunks in love it. it. Like mm-hmm. I love a good mix. And I think it activates the foraging center of my brain. <laughs> like I think it's setting off the same like it, that deep instinct to like dig through the dirt and find like, you know, I, I think it's like setting off my foraging instinct. That's like, mm, yes, I've never I've literally never thought about that before, but I'm going to use that from now on when my wife is like, why are you getting that? And I'm like, oh, you know, honey, I'm just foraging for case. I'm a forager. <laughs> I'm foraging. Alan unlocked a portion of my brain I didn't know existed. <laughs> this is enrichment for my enclosure. <laughs> We'd ask Brandon, but they don't even have ice cream in Australia, probably. I know. It's too hot. Melts right away. <laughs> Not sweet enough, too, I'm sure, right? Dave looks at Ben and tells him... Life's too short for boring ice cream, Ben. Right. Moral of the story. He's right. Yeah, I'm just going to tell you right now, that's the moral of the story. So, <laughs> done. Ben reconsiders his garbage fudge sundae and asks instead for a butterscotch sundae with double sprinkles and a cherry on top. And Dave gives him a look of solidarity. We cut to the boys eating their ice cream cones at a table and discussing their science projects. Meanwhile, we get a quick glimpse of some ants crawling around. Gross. Dave tells Ben, what if we tested the school for signs of intelligent life? They laugh, then Ben lifts up his spoon with his cherry on it and sees an ant crawling all over it. He says, oh, gross, look at this. How disgusting can you get? Dave goes, uh, Ben... And then they both look down, and the Sunday glass is just fucking saturated in ants. <laughs> so many ants. How do they not notice those ants? It's just, it's so many ants. This whole scene was baffling to me. Especially, <laughs> like, thinking about it now, having watched the full episode, I'm like, what were they going for? Like, what is this scene for? <laughs> what is this? Why is this here? I love it. There's a lot of questions I have in this episode. I'll be quite, quite honest here. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, ants all over his ice cream. Love it. I love it. And th- the part that I love the best is that we haven't gotten to this yet. It's in the, like spoilers one second when he whips that whole like glass container of ice cream to the ground and it shatters off screen. I love it. Yep. I love everything. The drama. Yeah. The absolute drama. It's like fucking ants and whips that ice cream right <laughs> off of that table. Shattering. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's, That's exactly what I would what do. I would do. like. I would have noticed it as soon as the guy handed me the Sunday glass and it was just dripping in ants. They sat down at that table with that ant pile. (laughs) Like, they were there first, right? They didn't just run up to that ice cream. They were there already. That is such a human thing to do. To sit down where the ants already are and be like, what's with all these ants? Like, extremely on brand for human behavior. I love it. Totally. So as Cortland said, Ben swipes that shit off the table and it shatters on the floor. (laughs) Dave, still sitting very calmly in his seat, looks down at his own ice cream cone that he was just eating from, and that, too, is just covered in ants. He throws it and stands up quickly. The man at the counter is like, hey, what's going on? What's the big idea? And you can see behind him is a river of ants crawling all over the walls. The two boys continue staring at the ants for a long time until the man at the counter asks, What are you looking at? Dave points at the man and tells him, Your arm. He looks down and his arm is just sloppy with ants. He screams and runs out of the shop, swinging his arms wildly, and all the customers follow. Ben and Dave stand outside of the shop, wiping themselves off. And Ben asks, Are there any in my hair? Dave tells him, 
Even if there was, the lice would get them. Alan, is that true? Um, okay, no. <laughs> because ants are much bigger than lice. Oh, I uh, yeah, ants are much bigger. Uh, really, honestly, the ants would probably decimate any... Well, they probably even wouldn't, because I don't think they would even need to eat the lice. Um, if you already had lice in your hair, there would be no interaction with ants, but also ants don't care about getting in your hair at all. There's nothing for them there. So, like, there's no reason for ants to get in your hair. <laughs> they don't care. They don't want to be there. You don't want them there. It's a mutually uh, unsatisfactory situation. <laughs> okay. Well, I thought maybe we well, we and R.L. Stein had uh, developed a cure for lice, but that's okay. <laughs> no, I'm going to lower the IMDb rating for this episode for a scientific inaccuracy. <laughs> you know, there's. I was kind of expecting I was going to be watching this with my fact checker hat on. And I kind of did, and some of it was legit, because <laughs> some oh, of it really yeah. did track. Ants love hot dogs, is what I'm getting out of this. I mean, they wouldn't Arl turn Stein it down. does his research. <laughs> I'm not going to say it's, like, completely, you know, obviously it's not uh, completely accurate, but there were some things I was like, dang, yeah, you were actually right about that. <laughs> Dave laughs at his own joke, and then Ben yells, oh no, Dave, watch out! The camera zooms in on Dave's face as he yells, Oh no! And a giant ant-shaped thing flies at him and knocks him to the ground. The last time I almost got hit by a truck, I was like, Oh no! <laughs> this is yet another thing in this episode that I was, in retrospect, I'm like, what? Why? Why did this happen? This has nothing this to do with anything This is a very odd else. sequence of events. Just bizarre. Yeah... Yeah, so this ant thing is from the top of an exterminator's truck that parks in front of the boys. A weird-looking exterminator man gets out of his truck and goes, Can I have my ant back, please? All shitty, like he didn't just assault this kid with his car. Right, he didn't almost just ram these kids over with his truck. I just now had this realization. I think that that shot of like the kid getting hit by the giant ant from the top of the truck, I think that's foreshadowing. <gasps> I think spoilers for a thirty-year-old episode. <laughs> yeah, I think it does they're get hinting. hit with ants multiple times. But like the fact that it's like a giant one, good stuff. I think is maybe maybe a little yeah. touch. It of is what's to a come. pretty awesome ant too. I will say. <laughs> this guy tells the kids, "My name is Lance, and my trade is ants. I hear you got a nasty infestation." Just gotta say, Lance was very excited that this guy was named him. You know, had the same name. But I'm looking at IMDb and his name is L A N T Z instead of L A N C E. So I, oh, see, I got that right so away. So that's his last name. I got that right away because I watch with subtitles. <gasps> oh, cheating, I see. I, I struggle with so auditory smart. processing. So, so I do watch everything with subtitles. And I'm the same uh, I did see that his name was L A N T Z, which felt like a little bit of like. Uh, uh, it like you said, it did feel like cheating. I was like, I don't think I'm supposed to know That's that okay. his name is spelled that way. <laughs> uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it should be just L A N T S because then it's like his name has ants in it. But now oh, it's yeah. like ants, like the Woody Allen movie, and I guess that's still a reference. Well, I was thinking maybe it's like maybe he's a Frenchman, like oh, it could Lance. be ants. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not the French word for ants. It's me. They so, me. Oh, you are just so full of cool information. <laughs> I love it. You're adding some of that pizzazz to the podcast that we don't normally That's do. what we needed. <laughs> All you needed was a science communicator. Yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah. 
Mr. Lance laughs like Beetlejuice and goes into his truck to get his equipment. Dave tells him, you're quick. And Lance tells them, speed is the best weapon against the crawling menace. Then he confesses that his office is just down the street. He asks the boys where the infestation is that has somehow become their responsibility. And the boys argue (laughs) over who has to go back into the shop to show the exterminator. I don't understand why he's talking to these kids. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Yeah. (laughs) There's another scene later on where he inexplicably shows up around kids for some reason. I'm like, why are you here? Yeah, we're going to talk about that. (laughs) This guy shows up in the weirdest places. This guy should not be near anyone. (laughs) Lance interrupts the boys arguing, saying... Don't tell me you're afraid of a few little ants. And both of the boys are like, pshaw, not us. We're not afraid. Lance grabs the two boys by the shirt, spins them around, and shoves them toward the ice cream shop. That, again, they don't have to go into. It's no, not they their shop. Don't. <laughs> the boys get pushed into the ice cream shop, and inside the walls are just wiggling black dots. Yeah, it really reminds me of the flies <laughs> from Be Careful What You Wish For, but... yeah. The special effects in this scene were giving, like, PowerPoint, mm-hmm. uh, like, transition effect in 1998. <laughs> yeah. It was so bad. Oh, I, think, I think what they did was they had, like, green paint or paper or something on the wall and then just added the black dots on top of it. And they don't, like, crawl. They're just black dots. They kind of wiggle or... They just kind of, like, morph. Yeah, they just kind of, like, water flow around a little. It's pretty so it's interesting choice. But, you know, yeah, it gets if you don't look done. directly at it, if you're looking at the characters talking. If you kind of blur uh, your eyes a little bit, yeah. it looks great. <laughs> if you do one of those magic eye things, it looks like <laughs> It's incredible. Just watch the whole episode cross-eyed. <laughs> Lance looks at them and goes, amazing little creatures, aren't they? Did you know that there is ten quadrillion of them on this planet? Ben responds, yeah, half of them are in this room. Got him. <laughs> this is a good, it's a good one. <laughs> yeah, Ben's a, Ben's a sharp tack. Also, I want to say, I don't think that that is an estimate. That <laughs> I think that's completely made up. I don't think anyone's ever tried to estimate how many ants there are in the world. Because how would you, you even would do that? But like, yeah. I don't, why... But that's like, why even bother saying that? (laughs) You know what? (laughs) According to Google in 2022, there's one quadrillion ants in the world. Oh, no. What happened to the other nine quadrillion? Mm, I don't know, man. Wars or something? I'm not sure. Oh, Climate change. Yep. Not the ants. (laughs) The ants are experiencing a biodiversity crisis where apparently their population (laughs) has decreased by uh, 90%. (laughs) That's pretty bad. It's not good. And there's still one quadrillion of them. <laughs> yeah, they're doing fine, actually. We're going to need to do a Save the Ants <laughs> campaign here soon. It's only been like There are only years. one quadrillion left in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's making the point you want it to make. <laughs> Lance continues on with Ants Facts and then tells the boys, Hey, if things have been a little bit different, they'd be the dominant species instead of us. Say that about anything, though, in that in that context. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would perhaps argue that, in fact, as things are, they kind of are the dominant. I mean, I wouldn't even say the dominant species. Okay, I haven't said this yet. Ants are not a species. There are thousands, like tens of thousands, of species of ants. Mm-hmm. Like ants are a very high up taxonomic order. 
right there are like the the amount of diversity that there are in ants okay termites yeah no termites are not ants termites are types of cockroaches um but like ants are kind of like a specialized branch of like the bee and wasp family um but there are so many types of ants that come in so many different shapes and sizes that like you wouldn't ever really say that they're like they're they're not a species and i would expect an exterminator to know that because you have to like treat different species differently because they're going to respond to different like treatment or different res- like stimuli differently mm-hmm. but that's neither here here nor there i would probably argue that ants as a group from their perspective kind of are the dominant group on the planet because they live first of all they live in places that humans can't live mm-hmm. humans are constantly trying to remove them from places that we can't like mm-hmm. constantly in this battle against ants ants have kind of figured out how to work around us a lot of people don't realize that ants have like sprawling metropolis cities underground the only thing like sometimes ants will compete with other species of ants and have like big warfare against each other and stuff so like ants have a whole world going on that humans don't know anything about uh and sure maybe they don't have you know airplanes and (laughs) nightclubs and stuff but from like if you really zoom in they've kind of got the world in their little mandibles (laughs) like they kind of are like a dominant group on the planet so you know i would kind of push back against that a little bit they're also not a species they're so i cannot even (laughs) emphasize we don't even know how many species of ants there are that's how many there are uh i'm gonna say five quadrillion yeah that sounds about right according to throwing that number out there give or take a couple quadrillion here and there (laughs) dave tells ben all right let's get out of here which they should have done ages ago and lance stops them saying he thinks that he's found the nest he takes a photo off the wall and then sniffs the wall now he grabs a hammer and smashes the shit out of it he's not responsible for that (laughs) my guy there's got to be a better way (laughs) no he's an expert this is uh (laughs) this is exterminator 101 From the hole in the wall, he grabs a single ant. He makes, like, a bunch of weird noises. He's like, and he tells the boys, you get rid of the queen, you destroy the nest. Then he crushes the ant in his hands, and green goo drips Mm -hmm. from it. Yep, And it's, like, a lot of goo. Scientifically accurate green goo comes out of the ant. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so this this scene, this is, I promise, the last, like, factual interjection (laughs) I'm going to include. This is the last one I have. Because this is where it diverges from real life, I think. Um, First of all, that part about, like, if you kill the queen, the colony will collapse, that's true. Okay, Um, I was going to ask about that. Yeah, it's true for most, but not all species of, especially, like, social ants. There's some ants that don't, like, build colonies like that, and so then you wouldn't really have that happen. But for most species of social ants that's true the queen is the one in the colony who does all the reproducing she's the only one in the entire colony who's laying eggs Mm -hmm. so uh well laying like fertilized eggs so if the queen dies which in some species of ants the queen can live for like 30 years um which is just wild uh and so usually in in most species of ants when the queen dies that means nobody's left around to lay eggs so it's not just that the colony doesn't know what to do and like collapses 
like sometimes bees will have this happen where like the queen's dead and nobody knows what to do so the colony just kind of falls apart but for the ants it's just like without the queen nobody's there to lay eggs and so the the ants just die off because they're not being replaced Mm -hmm. um some species of ants i don't know if any that are like common around like the united states where i'm guessing this took place they can restructure their colony if the queen dies so like maybe some of the worker females can like convert into queens some of them can kind of like take on the role where they can start laying female eggs Mm -hmm. um so like some species of ants they can kind of work around the whole like killing the queen thing uh but but yeah for the most part that is how like exterminators get rid of ant colonies is by killing the queen um that's that that part was legit now would they crush the queen and then be like done and done we're out or is they have no i mean (laughs) you gotta do other stuff my man like he just walked away and was like problem solved (laughs) master exterminator yeah i mean like you did do the the part that i guess is the important part but i mean that guy's not getting a good yelp review you know he walked away with a a hole in the wall that's spewing ants out of it like (laughs) my guy you made the situation only barely improved give it 15 years and all these ants will be dead (laughs) job well done not to like um sidetrack the podcast but how long is the life expectancy of like a normal ant besides the queen definitely not that long okay because the queen can live for much much longer because she's being cared for mm-hmm. you know like the other like the workers and the soldiers and stuff are typically like they're bringing her food they're protecting her like she's kind of living a very cushy lifestyle <laughs> inside of the colony whereas the other ones are going out right so they're subject to injury or disease or whatever so they don't live as long as she does okay um so it would the colony wouldn't be around for very long without her um, but it's it's not going to be you know an immediate. All of the ants just instantly die. They're, they're, just they're not like a hive mind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're not a hive mind that will immediately like fall to the ground dead because the queen the queen has been slayed. Like it's it's not like that. Also, this whole scene led me to believe that like the queen ant was going to become like a focal point of the episode. Like oh, I thought yeah. that was where yeah. they were going with. I felt like they were setting up like a queen ant as like a character and that that was going to be information we were going to need for the rest of the episode but this never comes up again why did you put so much emphasis on this scene and then nothing like this whole scene never comes up again <laughs> yeah all the exposition that lance gives them it's it's just useless i know it really does not come into play at all so i was like wh- why <laughs> why did you do this i love it <laughs> my favorite part Ben says that he's had enough and that he's going to hurl, so he runs out of the shop. Lance walks to a table and swipes some ants off of Dave's comic book he was reading, which we see is actually the Galloping Gazelle comic from Attack of the Mutant, Cortland. Yeah, I've seen that. It's a nice touch. Lance tells Dave that the first rule of pest control is to know your enemy, and in a town as infested as theirs, he better learn something about the enemy. Sure. He hands Dave a book and tells him, Here's the place to start. It's an ad for something called Awesome Ants, title drop, which he describes as a designer ant habitat by mail. Cool. Dave is like, uh, well, I guess I was looking for a science project anyway. And Lance tells him, uh, Looks like that science project found you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty good line, actually. 
I kind of like that. This dialogue is so cheesy, but in some ways, look, it's this Lance guy bit. is fucking going for it. Like he's overacting, he's chewing the scenery, he's he's having mm. a good time. As Lance laughs, we see a close-up of his eyes as an ant crawls across his glasses. Yeah, for some reason, I don't know. The next morning at home, Dave is sitting down with a nice bowl of corn dreams. Uh, my favorite cereal. <laughs> <laughs> His sister Andrea walks past and takes a single bite from what I guess is meant to be some kind of Pop-Tart thing. Mm -hmm. And Mom tells her that it's a total waste of food. Dave snarks that it's a total waste of life, more like. Uh, Good one, David. Uh... It's like, what does that even mean? Got her ass. (laughs) It's just something you say when you're a little brother, but like. Total drag. (laughs) It's the most 90s TV sibling relationship. Like, they've been on screen together for exactly four <laughs> seconds, and they've already dragged yeah, each other mercilessly. Hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your good buddy and your ant farm delivery man. Thank you so much for joining us today, whether this is your first episode or you listen to everything we got. We're just so thankful for you spending some time with us. If you're looking to support our show, become a patron at patreon.com slash private island. For as little as a dollar a month, you'll get instant access to early release episodes. Higher tiers get more stuff like stickers, t-shirts, bonus episodes, and more. I'd like to take a moment to thank our current patrons, the Bronze Beth, Tristan, Redemption, Eddie, Venice Witch, and Lyle, the Silver Goth, Stephen, Shane, Matt, Geraldine, Aaron, Brittany, Kyle, and Lindsay, the Golden Day Day, Sarah, Matt, Faith, Derek, Angela, and the newest patron, Christy, and the Platinum Bostics, Kathy, Farron, Bryce, and Brian. Thank you for your support, everybody. Brandon and I truly appreciate it. Check us out on social media. That's at PRVT Island on Twitter and at Private Island Presents on Instagram. We make tons of content like GIFs, memes, videos, and more. We do games on Mondays, watch parties on Wednesday nights, and memes on Fridays. There's always something new to enjoy. For all the links, check out our episode descriptions. You can always connect with me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash privateislandc. I play games pretty regularly there, so stop by and say hello. I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for his work on the music for our show, aside from this theme dating start from Undertale, composed by Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. So this week we had Ellen on from Just the Zoo of Us, and I would love to play their promo. I hope you check out our show. Hey there, I'm Ellen Weatherford. And I'm Christian Weatherford. And we've got big feelings about animals that we just gotta share. On Just the Zoo of Us, your new favorite animal review podcast, we're here to critically evaluate how each animal excels and how it doesn't, rating them out of 10 on their effectiveness, ingenuity, and aesthetics. Guest experts give you their takes informed by actual, real-life experiences studying and working with very cool animals like sharks, cheetahs, and sea turtles. It's a field trip to the zoo for your ears. So if you or your kids have ever wondered if a pigeon can count, why sloths move so slow, or how a spider sees the world, find out with us every Wednesday on Just the Zoo of Us in its natural habitat on MaximumFun.org. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again for stopping by and listening in, everybody. It means so much to us. For now, I'm going to let you get back to this episode here. So I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Before she heads out the door, Andrea yells that there's a delivery. Dave jumps up and says he'll deal with it. 
At the front door is an awesome ants driver. Dave is confused because he just sent away for the thing the day before. The driver is like, Ah, uh, son here. Oh, and where do you want the other box? Dave, his mom, and Ben, who is also there now, watch as the delivery men wheel a massive, like, refrigerator-sized box out of their truck. So dying. I love Mom that. says, I don't think I like this, Dave. And Dave tells her, It was only meant to be an ant habitat. <laughs> ben responds, it looks like they sent you a dairy farm. Good one, Ben. This is the most defeated mom. <laughs> this mom is doing nothing. She has no control. Like, her kids are like, they, her kids are like at each other's throat in front of her. And she's like, don't do that. And then like, <laughs> the kid shows up with like a basketball court sized ant farm. And she's like, oh, this, yeah. Nothing <laughs> I can do. It's not in my control. <laughs> yeah. She's like, all right, this might as well be it, I guess. I hate this, Dave, but I can't do anything about it. <laughs> I know. I'm like, what are you doing? This is so, so passive. <laughs> Maybe she's just like out of her mind. She's like drunk at nine in the morning. She's like, that's fine. <laughs> so this is the best part about this show. We get to have these little side combos about what's going on with these parents because they are typically completely <laughs> useless. There's always something really going on. Yeah. Yep. Mom asks how much this all cost, and Dave tells her it was only $5. Steal. Ben says, they must have got your order wrong. And Dave looks at the invoice and is like, no, it says here, Super Mega Deluxe Ant Hood. That's what I ordered. In the backyard, the thing is just already set up. And it's a giant glass cell, like the one Magneto is kept in in X-Men 2. <laughs> and it's filled with dirt. Dave and Ben sit nearby, and Dave is rolling around a mayonnaise jar filled with ants, labeled with starter ants. The weirdest possible way to transport a bunch of live animals is to just, like, fill half of a jar with them. Like, they're not gonna... I don't know what how they think ants, like, operate, but, like, they have to breathe, my guy. Are you sure? Like, Breathing's Yeah, <laughs> they for sure do. I don't, I don't know about that. That doesn't sound right. Look, they're, they're so small, the jar's got, like, half of it's full of air. They'll be fine. I, I mean, it's. Just, I was looking at. It, I was like, what? <laughs> Bizarre, strange choice. Ben picks up a thick textbook-sized book and says, "Here, the instruction manual." Dave is like, "What? I gotta read all this? There can't be this much to say about ants." Which we now know is incorrect. Completely false. That part pained me. <laughs> I was like, "That's not even scratching the surface, my man." <laughs> First of all, you have to, like, have all of the things in this book to contradict what you've already learned from <laughs> right. Mr. Lance. Ben pulls another thing out of the box and hands it to Dave. It's a jar filled with blue pellets. He reads it out, saying, Feed ants one pellet per day. Do not overfeed. Yeah, so we get a bit of gremlins in this episode. Yeah. Ben is like, hold up. If these things only need a pellet per day, why did they walk off with whole hamburgers at our last barbecue? Good point. I guess. It's a good question. He's right. Dave says, I don't know. We better get this thing started. We'll be late for school. They go to the top of the big tank and open the lid, which I will say has a lock that locks from the outside. We get a shot from inside the tank as Dave pours the ants in from above. And we can see, like, as he pours the ants in, like, some of them are ants, but there's also just, like, a bunch of plastic or rubber ants that he's dropping in. Yeah. So they couldn't afford, couldn't afford lots of ants. <laughs> That's so funny to me. <laughs> like, like, oh man, we can only afford 50 ants. We need 100. I'm like, what? 
it does make the shot cooler though like having the larger like rubber ants with a more like defined silhouette because when you're just like pouring a bunch of ants down it just looks like a bunch of dots right but if you can get that like very defined ant shape in there Mm -hmm. it does make for a cooler shot agreed it to read as lots of ants yeah not just like oh i'm pouring coffee grounds Later, Dave is with Ben and Andrea, and he's recording the ant colony on a camcorder. He says that the ants have already built a fully formed colony. Then he says, oh, you guys can watch me feed them. He goes to the top and drops a single pellet inside. Ben is like, wow, they're swarming. And we see inside that there's like, like a pretty good amount of ants casually walking near the pellet. Yeah. Then the pellet just disintegrates. I love it. I think it's done pretty It fades out. (laughs) It just kind of fades away. I like it. Dave tells them that they broke it down and carried it in teeny tiny little pieces to the queen. Instantly. Andrea thinks that that's gross and she leaves. Ben says, I bet these guys would appreciate some real food. And he walks away to get some real ant food, I guess. Dave consults the awesome ants grimoire and says, (laughs) I don't think that's a good idea. According to my research... They're only supposed to eat the pellets, and only one a day. Ben tells him that that shit must be a misprint, because all those ants can't survive on one little pellet. Mm-hmm. He grabs an earthworm from a flower bed and says, How about some Captain Crawl for breakfast? Captain Crawl and corn dreams is all they have. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Captain Crawl. The worm also disintegrates pretty quickly, and Dave is like, Oh man, I must have been starving the ants. Yeah, if you listen closely, you can hear the worm screaming, too. I was about to say, (laughs) like, if they really legit, like, dropped a worm into a tank full of, like, hungry ants, I wonder if that qualifies as, like, animal abuse. (laughs) I think so. Because you know those ants are ripping that worm to shreds. Like, they're going to town on my guy. Like, they're they're going nuts. It's not nice for that worm. It's not at all. It's okay. I think it turned into, like, a lure or something. Like, fish bait. Oh, that's a good idea. They couldn't find a worm. Mm, Arlstein knows where worms are. (laughs) (laughs) This is the this episode has one worm in it. Most have at least like a bucket of worms. Yeah, worms are a very big thing. That was such a hot topic in the nineties. I feel like it was like how to eat fried worms. Mm -hmm. Like it was all worms all the time. What were we on? (laughs) Arlstein. That's it. (laughs) Big worms. There was ten quadrillion worms, and then we just kept eating them. Humans are the worm's greatest threat. <laughs> Natural predator. <laughs> ben goes to get another worm to sacrifice, but Dave stops him, saying that he has a better idea. Dave grabs a Tupperware filled with some old leftovers his mom was just going to throw away anyway. He tells Ben that he can put in his science report how the ants respond to different foods. So, Ben drops an absolutely disgusting-looking hot dog into the dirt. <laughs> that thing was gray. <laughs> yeah. So nasty. How long was it in there? Jesus. It's mummified. <laughs> Dave tries to measure how long it takes them to eat it, which, you know, I appreciate. They're trying to do, like, something scientific, I guess. But the thing disappears in, like, a second. Love ben it. says, even my brother doesn't eat that fast. <laughs> Dave grabs the camcorder and shouts for Ben to keep dropping them dogs. It cuts to later that night, and Dave is alone in his room, reading the awesome ant's instruction manual. As you do. He goes over that line about the overfeeding, and it says that it may lead to massive growth. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Dave stands up and looks out the window at the ant enclosure. 
he says loudly to himself that maybe they shouldn't have fed them. Hindsight's twenty twenty. <laughs> and still, they don't learn. <laughs> then we get a first-person shot of someone stalking through Dave's house, menacingly climbing the stairs and creeping over to his room. It's gonna be an it ant. stalks I know its it. way right up behind him. Dave turns around, and Mom is standing there with a tray of very plain-looking sugar cookies shaped into hearts. Literally no frosting. No. Nothing. They look like, I, I don't even, they look like you'd get them at, like, the dollar store. <laughs> well, you know what? Yeah. Mom is tired. She's given up on life. <laughs> then why make the cookie? Like, why bother to make the cookies? It's the only thing that makes her happy. <laughs> I guess. She rolled these cookies out from a sheet, and she was like, I'm, I'm a great mom. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm doing it. Cookies made. Done. <laughs> these are awful rancid looking cookies that she brings this kid and i'm like of course he turns them down like, yeah. gross. she offers him one and when dave goes to grab them they're covered in ants but like in his mind i was gonna say they're not really on there because like right no. i don't know who knows fuck it whatever He's, he says no thanks to the cookie and mom looks gutted and she leaves the room. In this scene, I when she comes up and she she hands him the cookies, and for a second they look like they're covered in ants, and she's like cool about it. <laughs> I really legitimately thought they were going to start going down the ants are controlling her mind route. Like I Ooh, thought they were going to oh start going God. down the like the ants are actually like mind control aliens or something like that. Like I was fully prepared that for some been sort on of brand. like mind control mm. story and then the ants are gone and i'm like oh man that would have been cool <laughs> at every turn when this episode could have been interesting they took the other <laughs> direction <laughs> outside we zoom in close to the ant farm and one ant in particular as it grows larger and larger the next morning starts with mom screaming there's ants all over their house and she <laughs> screams for dave and he walks in and sees the ants and he's got like a big smile on his face oh as he God. says, how did these get in here? Shut up, Dave. Mom, <laughs> Mom is not happy. And she's like, do something. So Dave whips out his camcorder and starts narrating the events like he's David Attenborough. <laughs> Dave tells Mom to stop freaking out and just do nothing. Because when the ants are done foraging, they will all just leave and go back to the nest. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to say isn't true. Um, well, I mean, once a food source is gone, they won't keep going back to it. So, I mean, that part is kind of true, because what they're what the ants are following from their colony are pheromone trails. Yeah. So, you know, ants are leaving behind pheromones everywhere where they, where they go, and if they get to the end of a trail and there's food at it, they turn around and follow the trail back to the colony, which lays another layer of pheromones down over that same trail. So then once that trail now has two layers of pheromones, it's a much more intense smell. The other ants are like, oh, this trail has a really intense smell. That must mean somebody else found food at the end of this trail. I'm going to follow it. Mm -hmm. So then they all continually follow the same trail over and over that just lays down more and more pheromones, makes that trail really, really intensely coated in the scent. So then all the other ants start following it. But then if they follow that trail, get to the end, and there's no food there they don't turn around and come back to the colony. They keep going. So eventually they stop laying down that pheromone trail so thick and the, you know, the pheromones fade. They stop using that trail. So like, yeah, they kind of will eventually stop going down the same trail once the food source is gone. 
eventually. Yeah. So that, eventually, that part is kind of true. <laughs> the eventually part is the problem because that would be okay if they had like you know a little bit of food. The ants come and take it, and they're like, "All right, we're done with this." But we know that mom is keeping food in there for months or years <laughs> at a time. She's a prepper. Because of those damn hot dogs. <laughs> She's braced so, for nuclear war. <laughs> there's food everywhere. Mom doesn't buy that, and she continues beating the ants with a broom. Uh-huh. Andrea walks in now and goes, well, that's it. I'm moving in with the neighbors. Thanks, Andrea. You're a very valuable part of this episode. <laughs> why Why does she exist? Why did they keep bother hiring her? <laughs> she was in the book. I don't know. That's money they could have spent on better CGI for the ants. We go back outside where we see the lid to the ant enclosure is popped open with the lock busted off. Dave says, how did that break? Again, loudly to himself. Then he picks up a cinder block and puts it on top of the lid to keep those pesky ants in line. We get to school where Dave is giving his report on his ants in like an unbelievably yellow classroom. It's just, it's blinding. He finishes... In closing, ants are totally awesome, though mostly misunderstood. Just as the footage of his mom freaking out in the kitchen starts to play. There's a lot to go in that presentation, but he's done. Yeah, and that footage he (laughs) captured like 45 minutes ago. (laughs) But from the back of the classroom, we see Lance sneaked his way in. Weird. He stands there long enough. (laughs) Yes, who let this man anywhere near (laughs) these children? (laughs) watching the scene like why are you here (laughs) what are you doing (laughs) he stands there long enough for dave to notice that he's there and then he goes back out into the hall dave meets him near some lockers and lance tells him you can fool your teachers but you can't fool me ain't no worker ant bigger than the dino panera grandis Uh and those only get two inches the ones in your video were three inches at least so this man this fully grown mm-hmm. adult man came into the school to just talk shit about Dave's report. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Did he know this report was happening now, or does he just go into classrooms? God. And he was like, hey, this one's about ants. <laughs> so bizarre. <laughs> that makes no fucking sense. He accuses Dave of being a fake and says, if those ants were real, we wouldn't be around for long. Then he walks off. Later on, Dave returns home to find that the cinder block he used to keep the lid on the ants is shattered, and the lid is blown off. Also, there's like a bone in the tank. Couldn't exactly tell what it was. Yeah, it's like the carcass of a turkey. Oh, you know what? Yeah, it's a turkey. I I thought that must be it, but I don't know. Dave goes inside and asks Mom what's for dinner, and she tells him turkey. And then he heads back outside. All Mom does is cook. Later on, during fake night time, Dave installs an even bigger padlock on the habitat. Then he goes back inside and rings up the awesome ant's customer service line. Oh my God. A woman answers and asks what's the hubba, and he tells her obsessed with the lady's voice here. So that good. he's been feeding the ants hot dogs and shit, and she interrupts him <laughs> yelling, You didn't read the instructions, did you? You've got to get out of there right now, young man! And she hangs up. 
I was watching this like, why are you selling this product to nine-year-olds <laughs> if it requires such strict adherence to the rules? Nine-year-olds are not known for their adherence oh to rules. God. What are you doing? Why are you selling this? Look, he, he fed him hot dogs and shit, and that's exactly what I would have done, too, especially if it dissolves instantly. Like, I want to see that. Oh my that's God. what I'm saying. Like, that's what literally every nine-year-old would do in that situation. Like, how is this not a situation that comes up every five minutes for this company? <laughs> You'd think they'd have like a hotline for that. Oh, you fed it hot dogs. Let me forward you. <laughs> Get out of there right now, young man. <laughs> right now, young man. Oh my god! My favorite part of the episode is this brief phone call. Yeah, like, I don't know, just fed it hot dogs and stuff. Voice. I don't know. <laughs> you didn't read the instruction manual. <laughs> How aside, we see the padlock that he put up is already ineffectual, and some insect legs start poking out through the top. Dave puts the phone down and looks up, and there's a juicy-looking big ant right on his desk. Like, the size oh of a God. Subway sandwich. I also love this part. <laughs> he wheels his desk chair backwards until he falls over onto the ground, and then he crawls away as the ant sashays its way over to him. <laughs> slaying yes get it ant <laughs> it's amazing i don't know i don't know it's just so good yeah you've got to get that clip later Corlin. you just like you, you could set it to like she is voguing set it to the bgs and it would just be amazing oh man i'm gonna get a dmca Her. strike for that one dave is like wait a minute I'm twice as big as him. Well, then he grabs. <laughs> yes, Cortland? He's a bit bigger than that, but whatever. <laughs> no, he's twice as big as an ant. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> then he grabs a tennis racket and smashes it into goo. But before he can feel too triumphant, he hears chewing from inside the walls and notices a giant hole. So he calls for his mom and sister. But they're nowhere to be found. He goes outside and he runs all the way to Lance's exterminator business. He goes in, and the inside of this guy's operation is as low-budget supervillain as you would expect it to be. <laughs> I feel like they just used, like, some other villain's lair and just, like, slapped a couple of ant signs on it. Yeah. Like, they had to, like, reuse a set they already had laying around from something That else. is most likely what it was, yeah. I'm sure that's it. Dave calls out for help, but behind him, one of the ants somehow followed him, and two giant antennae poke through the doorway they're like as big as pool noodles they're probably he pushes pool on noodles. the door <laughs> they might be <laughs> he pushes on the door until he snaps them off then he runs a bit until he sees a massive silhouette of an ant he runs the other way and sees a giant ant in like a basement or something and also there's now a giant ant head bursting through the wall he's surrounded it's just it's ants all the way down He's pretty much surrounded, so the only thing left for him to do is to call out for Lance to come save him. But instead, a giant ant walks through the wall and grabs Dave and its mandibles. I love this. This giant ant sneaks up on him like a great. fucking ninja. <laughs> Snatches An him. An ant would do that, too. <laughs> this oh, ant man. is awesome. These, these giant ants, they look kind of cool. I like them. Yeah, it's a decent prop. Like, they don't... They're not, like, very, uh articulated like they can't move much but no they don't they look, look like ants right. that much but i love them they're like uh honey i shrunk the kids old yeah. props or something. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, when he's being grabbed by this giant ant too, like it's in the doorway, and obviously it's not a full like they didn't make the back half of it. So you can kind of see like the sticks where they're like shoving this giant ant at this kid. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And then they slide it backwards. Yeah, it's perfect. You can see like the boom mic and stuff. It's great. <laughs> It all works. It's amazing. It's awesome. He kicks and screams as he's dragged away to be devoured by ants. I am a little upset that he didn't just instantly vaporize like the hot dog, but, (laughs) you know, we only get so much. That's later. That's implied later. It's theater of the mind. (laughs) Okay, here's where the episode uh, either goes off the rails or all comes together, depending on how you see it. Now, Dave wakes up. Mom comes into his room. And wakes him up and then says, man, did you sleep in your clothes again? So the aunt took him and put him in bed. What a sweetheart. Probably kissed him goodnight and everything. Tucked him in, told him a little story. So I'm watching this scene and I've, I've had many conversations about this with Christian, but nothing pisses me off more than and it was all a dream ending so when this scene starts playing i'm like you motherfuckers (laughs) i'm like so mad i'm like are you you got me like i was so at at this point i'm like are you kidding me i'm like livid um but luckily i i held out (laughs) 100 percent, me too love it dave tells himself that that was one crazy dream the tennis racket is in its normal place, and there's no ant habitat outside. All is normal. Perfect. Then he goes to pour himself a nice, nutritious bowl of corn dreams, but instead of all that, the blue ant pellets come out into his bowl. This is where I start being like, oh? <laughs> his sister Andrea says, hey, don't be a pig. That's more than I get in a whole week. So then how many is she eating right now? Because she's got a spoonful of blue pellets. She must have sliced one (laughs) into like 10 pieces. Mom tells him, yeah, this is no time to be changing the rations. Put some of that back. Dave doesn't do that. Instead, he gets up and goes to the fridge. Inside is just jars and containers filled with blue goodness. Dave seems freaked out and mom asks him if he's okay. He tells her, He just had a freaky dream. Then, there's a beeping sound. A truck is backing up near their house. Andrea jumps up and says, I'll get the shovel! And Mom grabs her coat and shouts, Don't just stand there, Dave. Grab some buckets. Oh my god. They all go outside, and the whole neighborhood is fighting over massive piles of blue pellets. I love this. This is fantastic. I love this. Dave looks up and somehow just notices that they are inside of a massive glass cube and colossal ants are watching over them. It's so cool. Yeah. Very uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion ending, like watch, like these giant overlords watching you from the sky. I love it. I'm obsessed. They also like scream like Godzilla a little bit. Kind of cool. They do. <laughs> obsessed. <laughs> that's that's so actually, good. that's the real noise that ants make. You just can't hear it because they're so small. You have to like pitch it down to a range of like a wavelength that human ears can process. <laughs> just then, Lance walks up. Except now instead of looking like a homeless ghostbuster, he looks like a respectable professor of entomology. Mm-hmm. He tells Dave, I know what you're thinking. If things had been a little different, we'd be the dominant species. I'm like punching the air at this point. I'm like, yeah! (laughs) I'm like losing my mind. I'm like, this rules! (laughs) Are they meant to be like 
Are the ants actually meant to be giant and they're human-sized, or are the ants meant to be ant-sized and they're just very tiny? Hmm. That's a little too much thought, I think. I don't know. <laughs> okay. But these ants... I think the ants are meant to be huge. I think the ants are meant to be huge and then the people are people-sized. But these ants just enjoy their day by watching humans scoop pellets into buckets. <laughs> this is their form of entertainment. Yeah. And I'll just say that there's shit tons of blue pellets. Like, more than anyone in that neighborhood could eat. So I don't know what the hell Andrea was talking about. That's more than I get in a week. Like, you could have buckets every day. Yeah. I, I, but we we don't really know how often that truck comes. Well, mom's hoarding like, a that, bunch already, though. Mom, yeah, mom's got right. shit tons in the fridge. Which leads me to believe that maybe the truck doesn't come very often, and maybe that amount of food is supposed to last them a really long time. Which ant puts the also, pellets who's in? driving the truck? Is it is it an ant? <laughs> we didn't get a good view. Oh my god! Yeah, which ant is responsible for putting the pellets in the tank? <laughs> which ant overlord? Which also, like, is like, let's give them hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there are actual, like, physical limitations to how big insects can be. Um, due to the way that their respiratory system works, uh, they don't, like, breathe through their mouth. They don't, like, have, like, lungs like we do. They breathe through, I think they're called spiracles, but it's kind of like mm, a I vent that. system that they, like, breathe through. And um, if they get too big... There is too much oxygen in the air and um, they they can't like they, they take too much oxygen into their body if they get too big. So that's why you don't see these like, you know, back in in, you know, dinosaur times, there used to be insects that would be a, a meter long or so you'd get like dragonflies Ooh. the size of your arm. Um, there used to be massive insects, but you don't see them anymore because they physically cannot get that big due to the oxygen concentration in the atmosphere. Um, so you couldn't <laughs> physically get a giant ant, but right. also you could not get a human body to be that small because <laughs> there are a lot of like functions in the human body that would not work at such a small size. Mm -hmm. So like either way, like I, I think you just have to kind of go with, you know, I think that the, it would maybe be more possible for the ants to be giant than the okay. humans be so ant sized. That makes sense now why the woman on the phone was so freaked out. She was like, they're going to get too big. There's not enough oxygen for them. Yeah, she's caring about the ants. What a sweetheart. MVP of the episode. <laughs> Her 20 seconds can. were really memorable. I was going to say that, like, you know, a, a, just like a lot of the behavior of the company was, like, set up as being unusual in, like, a vaguely mysterious way in the sense that I thought that it was going to end up being, like, the company was, like, in leagues with the ants somehow or something. And so, like, I felt like they were setting up some element of mystery around the company itself. Um, and then I guess that this is something that pisses me off about dream endings. Mm -hmm. Like, when the ending of something is, like, oh, it was all a dream, is that then it kind of gives them this, like, get out of jail free card for all of the plot holes and like illogical stuff that happened in the episode. They'd just be like, Oh yeah, it was a dream. Weird stuff happens in dreams. Then you get to be really lazy, right? You don't have to think about like what would be real, what would really happen because it was all a dream. Something that pisses me off about dream endings, but at least there was like a, a world building twist at yeah. the end with this that I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> I like, I like it. And that's the end of the episode. So I got a question for you guys. Have you ever had a dream that lasted multiple dreams? Like, this kid had a couple of days in this dream. 
No, I've never had such like an, uh, I don't know. I feel like I have had dreams, you know, about very lengthy things happening. Like I've had dreams where I like go on a trip across the country or something, but like in my dream, all of that time gets compressed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and you don't like experience you know like going to bed waking up going to school like doing all of your like your normal daily stuff in your dream it's just like uh it feels almost like a montage right in dream. yep i know exactly what you mean this dave kid got quite the vivid uh dreaming there and i like that when he wakes up he like doesn't remember that he lives in you know a dystopian world where yeah is this overlooked. is all new to him <laughs> it is until it I isn't have... <laughs> Yeah, he like slowly starts to fade it. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah like he, he sucks. Yeah, like he slowly comes to realization and that I have experienced that, you know, like waking up from a very very vivid dream and being legitimately disoriented for a few minutes Same. and having to figure out like what part of the dream was dream and what part was real. <laughs> like that I can definitely get. I've never I've never had a dream where I've like gone to sleep in the dream and then woken up and been like, "Oh, this is still real life." Yeah. But I, I've had like a dream where I've had like a wife and kids and then I wake up and I'm like, oh, they never existed. They're not real. Mm. But they are, though. Right? And then, yeah. You have a wife and kids. <laughs> no, this was this was years ago. Oh, before okay, okay. I met my wife. And it's just like, oh, OK, that's not my life at all. And that yeah. slowly, slowly uh, dawns on you. But, I will uh, say I felt like the last two minutes of the episode introduce a premise that is so much more interesting than the rest of the episode Mm -hmm. so like you get these two minutes of like a really fantastic concept and then looking back i'm like well i wish the whole episode had been about that you know like i'm like well i wish i wanted so much more from the world presented in the ending um because i love thinking about stupid stuff like that like oh what if we were all like in a in a tank being controlled by ants like i love thinking about stuff like that and i feel like that would have been so cool to explore but instead we got like 20 minutes of like a nonsensical sequence with a creepy exterminator guy yeah that's kind of the classic goosebumps part so like when you said this is your first episode i don't think it's the a worst like the worst episode to get a feel of goosebumps because it does have like its silliness to it a little bit it's got some good like ant design it's got that CG that's from the 90s. And then it's got the twist ending. So it's kind of a good yeah. episode to start with. Love a twist ending. I really do. Yeah. There's a lot of twist endings. And this, you know, I mean, a lot of them, they kind of like, as they fade out, I'm like, wait, how does this whole universe work? No. Yes. And- I'm like, Dude, give me more of this, please. <laughs> and Arl Stein says, no. No. Like, that is the uh, a maximum amount of thought I'm willing to put yes. into this. I have to write another uh, living dummy story. Oh my god. <laughs> I need to go read some more books about worms. Let's get invisible <laughs> again. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, that's uh, that's the end of that episode. I think we should uh, talk about the cast of this episode. Let's do There's it. not many characters, but let's talk about some of them. Okay. So, Dave our main protagonist, is played by Michael Yarmush. And he, I would say, is most known for playing Arthur in the TV show Arthur. Yeah. <gasps> for, That's amazing. I think it's entire fucking run, Arthur. Right? It says 1996 to 2022. Yeah, they just ended. Rest in peace, Arthur. What a wonderful kind of day. We've actually seen him a couple of times already, too. He was in a few episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark? He gave an incredible scream in The Tale of the Manaha. 
Yeah, amazing stuff. And then he was so also he was in, in Manaha and Reanimator. Yes. Yeah. So good. So we've talked about this guy before. Next. I, oh, sorry. I was watching it and I was just thinking like, he's familiar. I know I've seen him before, but I couldn't place him until I looked it up later and was like, oh yeah. Ah, gotcha. Next we have Ben, who's mm. played by, and I don't even know if I want to try to pronounce this. It's, uh, it's a name. <laughs> I'm going to say his name is Mfo Kaho. <laughs> it's M-P-H-O. That's his first name. Fo? I don't know. Oh my gosh, I rhymed. I'm a poet. I didn't even know it. (laughs) This guy's got a decent amount of credits. He's got 60 credits on IMDb. He was in Saw 3, where he played Tim. He was in Saw 6, where he also played Tim. What? Spoilers. And, uh, yeah. He's in The Expanse for a couple of episodes. He's in uh, Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency, which um, Amanda Walsh was in. Yeah, he's in a Disney TV movie called Mail to the Chief, which I never heard of, but... That's something. And, you know, this was his first role, actually. He did a good job. He did all right. Next, we have Mr. Lance, who's played by Jonathan Welsh. And he has a decent amount of credits as well, 54. He was in Sci Factor Chronicles of the Paranormal. He was in Dracula the Series. He was in The Littlest Hobo. Awesome. But unfortunately, Cortland, he passed away in 2005. Rest in peace, Jonathan. Yeah. He was the real star of the show. I don't know. Uh, he... That lady over the phone, though. <laughs> <laughs> Stole my heart. Yeah. And lastly, we have a mom who is played by Catherine Disher. And she's got a shit ton of credits. She's been in everything. Uh, she was in Forever Night as Dr. Natalie Lambert. And that's that's a main character. She was actually in that show. Finally, a main character. Good for her. She was in Alfred Hitchcock Presents, Friday the 13th, the series. You know, the usuals. Uh, a lot of voice acting. Sailor Moon. Hold on, hold Spider-Man, on, Spider-Man, X-Men. Sailor Moon? Wait a second, you guys. She did the voice of Jill in Resident Evil 3 back in 1999. I love her. Wow, no shit. <laughs> She's my favorite. Okay. Sorry, lady on the phone. <laughs> There's a new woman in town, and her name is Mom. Sailor Moon? Probably a mom. It's probably a random villain or something. (laughs) She's just a mom and everything. Oh, she's Sailor Moon. Uh, (laughs) No, I know she wasn't. Her voice was not that annoying. She was Snow Dancers in Sailor Moon S, the movie Hearts in Ice. Oh, that's something I didn't see. She was also Mimet, Elizabeth, and Nekanel. So probably some villains or something. Oh, sure. Yeah. Mimet is obviously the main villain of Sailor Moon. I just looked up the Snow Dancers. They are really cool. Ooh. Uh, she's still working. Damn, she's playing Jean Grey in the oh, X-Men 97 ooh. TV series that's in pre-production right now. She's awesome. Good good, good for her. Yeah, I love her. She did almost nothing in this episode of Goosebumps, but she's probably a good actress. All right, well, next we'll move on to the moral of the story, which we already know. I mean, life's too short. Life's too short for boring cream. ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> But what else do you guys think this episode gave us? The ending of it is so, like the ending of it really changes like the way that I feel about the episode. But you're not team Anne overall, anymore. No, I'm still team Anne. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> but I guess like I had the whole time it felt like the moral of the story was like follow the instructions, which seems like such a strange moral of the story. Like mm-hmm. just like. Well, I know that if if I had been watching this this with Christian, who is a notorious manual reader, he would have been <laughs> just 
you know, cheering his head off because he is he's for sure a manual. He has like every manual to everything we own and has read them read them cover to cover. So <laughs> that's amazing. You know, Somebody's gotta do it, wow. right? He's I know, he's he's the one he's the one that reads the manuals. But uh the terms and conditions, everything, you know, he's got it. He understands it all. But like I guess like follow instructions i did almost feel like this was a cautionary tale of mm-hmm. irresponsible pet ownership you know because it was like oh he got a this pet without really understanding the care necessary for it and then he you know didn't follow the care guide and treated yeah. the pet inappropriately and it came back to you know harm him but then that all ended up being a dream right like it, yeah. it all so turning it out to really be, matter Right, it all turning out to be inconsequential kind of defeated the purpose of there even being a moral at all. But I don't know. I felt like <laughs> pet ownership responsibility is maybe the moral of the story. Maybe what they were going for. But by the yeah. end of the episode, the only thing we can really take from it is don't live in a world where ants <laughs> are the overlords. Don't live in a dystopia. <laughs> if, yeah, you, just try not to. I have a couple. First one. You know, clear okay. answer, awesome. It's a pretty good moral. Second one, sure. if you are in a situation where you have limited food, fight your neighbors for it, preferably to the death. On yeah. site. I mean, that's yeah. why you have shovels. Get that shovel. Use it to the fullest. Bash people with it. Get that food. You got to get yours. Go werewolf skin on them. Yeah. <laughs> Go fully feral immediately. <laughs> well, awesome ants is, I mean, I guess it's a it's a name. That's nothing. That's nothing. <laughs> it's a name. It's not a but name of a book I would probably, pick up and read. No. We could probably come not. up with something better. I got one. Yes. What is it? Are you ready for this? Yes. Born ready. <laughs> I'm on the edge of my seat. The antagonist. <gasps> oh, perfection. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. It kind of spoils things at the end, but I'm cool with it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, but then... That I feel like the whole time I'd be watching, like, who's the true antagonist? Is it the kid for antagonizing the ants? Is it like, Lance? It works on so many Is levels. It Lance? Yes, it really keeps you guessing through the whole episode. Well, damn, I don't think anything can top that. <laughs> I honestly don't know if I can even think of anything else, honestly. I try to think of ant puns, but I can't really. That was the only one I had. <laughs> oh, so you only you had one, the perfect that was, name? That was the only one I had. Just swish, nothing but net. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> I mean, I don't think we need to even cover anymore. <laughs> no, that's it. I'm kind of mad that that's not the name of this episode now. But I know. Marlstein's going to read the, or listen to this. He's going to furiously be writing, and uh, he'll, you'll hear from his lawyers. <laughs> I wish they had used me as a consultant for this episode when I was three. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's be real. I would too, also. Yeah. <laughs> If Arl Stein said, hey, Corlin, you want to be in the Goosebumps episode? I'd be like, yes, sign me up. I, you don't even have to and pay me. <laughs> you would have to pay me, though. You're here for my lawyers. <laughs> Next week, we've got a little something okay. called Bride, Bride of the Living Dummy. Is it a two-parter, Brandon? I'm pleased to tell you that it is not. Oh, thank God. Okay. <laughs> All right. Bride of the Living Dummy. So what do you so- think this one's going to be about? Okay, so obviously Slappy's back and he's better than ever, right? <laughs> Whoa, he better be so better that's better. a it's a hot call you're making there. He better be better. He better be better than what he was in uh, Night of Living Dummy three. Um, the, the, I feel like the way that the episodes are going lately, it's hopefully back in Ron Oliver's hands, right? 
That's what I was hoping for. And he's been uh, very involved to this season. He sure has, and I love it. I love Ron Oliver. I, I I praise him all the time on Twitter and stuff, and he's always like, "Thank you." And I'm like, "Ron, no, thank you." You know. So um, yeah, I, obviously uh, it's gonna be slappy then, and he's gonna be like, "I want my bride," or something. I don't know. Or something. Uh, let me look at the cover because this one probably has a cover, right? It does. Okay, hold on. This it's not one of the original series of Goosebumps. This was a series two thousand Goosebumps. So it's got one of the hideous covers that isn't <laughs> very cool. It's a series two thousand Goosebumps. So I take it those were written before two thousand then, right? Because yeah, it's just because everything was two thousand back then. Okay, so yeah, I see the cover here. I'm gonna go with this one, which I assume is the original, because I just googled it and there's like six different covers for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a picture of Slappy uh, and uh, the Bride of Frankenstein look a doll which which has hideous makeup on it and they're cutting like a cake that is full of like skulls and stuff. It's not bad. Yep, I think it's not a good cover, but it's not it's not an original cover, but it's pretty good. I guess. No, it's ugly. You can it's say it's kind of ugly. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, it's going to be like Bride of Chucky because everybody had to have brides back in 1998. And uh, he's going to get married, and then it's going to be a gruesome twosome of two dolls fucking shit up. Two dolls fucking shit up. Shit up. <laughs> yeah, yep. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to keep that. That's what I'm thinking it is. <laughs> yes. Um. Well, that's that's interesting, Cortland. You may be right. I mean, how can I be this wrong? This may have some slappy in it. Oh, God. Now I'm just looking at fan art for... No, what? No, you're... Oh, Stop it. Oh, no. Okay. You can't, you can't look at fan That's art. That's it. Oh, I'm looking at fan art now, too. I can't stop myself. Oh, okay. Spoilers. Never mind. We're done. <laughs> oh, yep. That's it. Shut it down. <laughs> All right. We're going to talk about that next week. All right. Sounds good. Can't wait. Well, that's it for Awesome Ants. Ellen, thank you so much for joining us. This was a lot of fun. It's the most educational episode we've ever done, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you like to tell people who haven't heard of the just the sue of us podcast yeah so uh we are an animal review podcast where we rate animals out of 10 in different categories including their physical adaptations their behaviors for navigating the world and their aesthetics for how nice they are to look at because i think that's an important part of enjoying an animal um so it is very much a science communication podcast. We do tons of research and we have guest interviews with guests who are um, experts on the animals or, you know, do their own research to learn about them. So it's it's thoroughly researched and fact-checked, but it's also fun and funny. And we have our own sort of brand of geeky humor that we bring to it. So awesome. my hope is that it is educational without feeling stuffy. Uh, so if that's your jam, come check us out on Just the Zoo of Us. Uh, if you're looking for somewhere to start, because we do have now over 155 episodes, and I know that is a lot. <laughs> so if you're looking for an entry point, try our episode on ants. Ooh, um, perfect yes. segue, yes. Yeah, we have an episode on ants where I spoke with an entomologist named Aaron Fairweather, who works with ants up in Canada. 
Uh, and that was just great. Aaron told us a ton about like the different species of ants and how their colonies work and what they're up to and, and just gave us a really cool perspective on ants. So if you're looking for an entry point, that's a great one. Um, it is also family friendly. Uh, I do not swear on that show. <laughs> so if you are the type of person who listens like on a commute with your kids or just with kids around, or if you've got a kid who's really into animals, um, you know, you can turn that on with your kids around and not worry about it. We keep things clean over there. Sorry. Yeah. So, th- you know, that's us. We're also active on social media. I'm especially active on Twitter. So, you know, if you're if you're on Twitter, we're we're on, you know, any of the major socials. We're on there, too. Love, yeah. love to make friends. I love to shout out your show when I see people because like I, I have tweet deck up and one of the things I have up is podcast recommendations. And if anybody looks mm. for like a children's show or something that they can listen to with their kids and stuff, I'm always like, just the two of us. It's amazing. Go for Aww, it. Yeah. I appreciate that. I, I should specify it is family friendly, um, but I would describe it more as like all ages oh, yeah. uh, because, you know, we don't nece- it's not necessarily like made for for kids in the sense that like you know sometimes we talk about animals being shredded <laughs> oh <gotcha>. yeah <laughs> like we talk well yeah that's part of it you know like sometimes it's like reproduction or predation or sometimes you know it's nature nature can mm-hmm. be brutal sometimes so sometimes topics come up that may be a little intense for kids or we make a lot of references that kids definitely aren't going to get um so it's it's i would say all ages but i know a lot of kids listen awesome so, that's wonderful you know, it's, it's it's fine for kids <laughs> i have a quick question for you um, absolutely so you say you know you rate animals based on their appearance you judge them mm-hmm. what's the ugliest animal that you've judged like spoilers i'm sorry <laughs> um i'm trying to think i know we gave really low score to the goblin shark Ooh, that thing is hideous um, no offense to that goblin thing is out hideous there. <laughs> it's really bad i think we maybe gave a zero or a one to the bot fly Oh, um, fuck bot flies, though, for real. Yeah, I think we gave that one a, an abysmal score uh, <laughs> for aesthetics just because of its whole situation. You know, we do yeah, talk deserving. about ugly animals sometimes because ugly animals are typically very, very interesting in their own way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say probably the bot fly is, I think, the ugliest animal that we've ever done. What's your Instagram and Twitter handles? Yeah, so it's it's at the it's at just the zoo of us on Twitter and it's at just the zoo of us pod on Instagram. Nice. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. Right. Should be pretty easy to find us. <laughs> and then you have the website, of course, just azuabus.com. Yep. Snagged that domain name. Very thankful for that. Nice. Gotta get working Got it on before that the zoo weddings. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's cute. I love it. It is. It's cute. <laughs> well, all right. I think that finishes up awesome ants here for us. Yeah. Awesome. Ants. Yeah. <laughs> that was fun. It was it fun. Was. Thank you so much for joining us, Ellen. I knew it was going to be a lot of fun, and it really was. It sure was. It was so oh, much yeah. fun talking about it with you. Thank you guys for thinking of me. Uh, you know, like I said, like um, horror, the horror genre is not something that I'm super, you know, w- familiar with. But this felt just campy enough that yeah. it was something I could uh, really get into. And um, and what a good, uh, especially with it being an anthology, right? So it's something that I don't have to like. Yeah, that's go the back best part. And watch the whole series. You know, you can pick up wherever you want, but you know, there was a. Uh, it's definitely very fun to to talk about. I appreciate your your time and having me on. Yeah, thank you, thank you so much. All right, so we've been up all night. I'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. I don't think I like this.